Welcome back to Podcast 73 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Icebreakers and follow us on social media slash The Icebreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For a $250 sign-up bonus, please visit theicebreakers.com slash Betfred. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support The Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com, click shop, become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. We have a great show for you today because college football is rolling and Kyle Hunter is back to talk about some massive games coming up this weekend. You got USC, Notre Dame, you know, you have Washington versus Oregon. UCLA versus Oregon State. We're going to hit some of the big ones and do a little hodgepodge at the end, plus talk about a few questions that I had written down for Kyle and myself to discuss where we were right and where we were wrong from our early season thoughts and predictions. Before Kyle comes on, I just wanted to mention that football is pretty much happening every day. We have some action coming on back for Tuesdays and obviously there's going to be some Conference USA stuff every Wednesday so they kind of jumped in the boat of midweek football for everybody and that's a great idea because it only helps their conference get views especially now that the gambling industry or the sports betting industry I should say is quite live in over half the states in the United States as well as around the world so uh Better for us, more football and more days. Now, if you want to make arguments from a fan perspective on rest times and uh, short weeks and long weeks, that's a whole different argument. But from a sports betting perspective, we seem to we certainly seem to love it. And uh, there's some big games coming up this week, and we already have a few plays sent out to premium subscribers. If you still want to get a deal, football twenty three still works half off a month for any. Monthly membership, 50 bucks off any football package. All right, well, we have a lot to cover today. So without further ado, let's bring in our wonderful guest, Mr. Kyle Hunter from Hunter Sports Picks. Now I'm very excited to welcome back one of our longest and most knowledgeable guests and people when it comes to handicapping college football to the Ozbreakers and Mr. Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at KyleHunterPicks. Kyle, here we are, my man. We're week seven already. I, I cannot believe we're like halfway. What's going on? Man, it's good to talk to you, Kiev. Always nice to chat some football. And uh, uh, man, I can't believe it's like halfway over. Where does this time go? <laughs> like we look forward to it all the time for like the summer leading up to it. And then it just absolutely flies. Oh, it does. It does. It's pretty soon the holidays are coming. I already put my things or my Halloween stuff up. So maybe scare some neighbors or something. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I don't scare anyone with my picks this week. Uh, college has been you know, up and down and having an okay year. I'm slight, I'm a little down in college. I'm up in the NFL kind of uh, sitting, sitting pretty good though. I'm still up as a whole and we want to keep it that way, Kyle. And that's why we bring in the heavy hitters like yourself, long friend of mine, and uh, I do appreciate all the time you put into it, man. It's great to have you back. Absolutely. It's great to be back, Kiev. I uh, always have fun chatting with you. Uh, we, we go back quite a ways, and uh, we give each other some good ideas through our conversations, too. I feel like we uh, just kind of pull that knowledge, and it's always a good time. It is, absolutely. And it's always good to kind of look back when it comes to like what you did in the preseason and what you were thinking in the preseason. So, that's kind of why I wanted to ask you, and I'm going to give you mine too. A couple teams that you were wrong about um, from your preseason notions, and there's a few. I have more than a few, probably, and uh, just wanted to you to sh- like throw two, like maybe two teams out that you were wrong about, and maybe why, and uh, and what your thoughts are on those teams. Well, I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you a bonus here. We'll go three on each. Okay. Um, first. UTSA, I bet over seven and a half, pretty big for season win total. I don't think they're going to get there at this point. Frank Harris has been injured, so 
So to be fair, it hasn't gone as smoothly as what you thought it might. But I think the Roadrunners are probably in a little bit of trouble. They're they're not as good defensively, the secondary, as what they have been in the past few years. I think UTSA, I've, it's a team I've had to downgrade my power ratings because I had them too high to start with. Uh, that's one. Two, Pitt. I mean, I didn't bet anything on a season win total for Pitt, but I definitely didn't expect Pitt to be this bad. Yeah. Like, what, is, what <laughs> happened here? Narduzzi, if he's not already, is going to be on the hot seat uh, soon. Yurkovic, however you say his name, has, not, has been a bust. Yeah, uh, total you know, bust. Now there was talk of him either playing tight end or uh, now they say, well, he's not tight end. He's a backup. He was supposed to be a really good pickup for Pitt. Um, it just has not worked. And then, uh, you know, this is the other one that I would say, West Virginia. I thought West Virginia uh, defensively would not be nearly as good as they've been. Uh, I think the Big 12 in general, outside of Oklahoma and Texas, are weaker than I expected. Uh, so West Virginia is kind of benefiting from that. But I thought West Virginia, if they won, was going to win because they could run the football and uh, try to play keep away because their defense wasn't very good. Their defense has been really good so far this year. So props to them uh, kind of turning things around on defense. Well, there you go, man. I yeah, I have quite a few myself. Um, and it's great to do this exercise and, you know, kind of kind of goes to show you no matter how much research you put in, sometimes uh, you're going to be wrong about some stuff. I think the goal is to be right over, you know, 55 percent of the time and you're doing well in your season win totals. Let's face it. We do a little bit more juice on our season win totals at times. Sometimes we get some plus money, but uh, I think it's important to, uh, you know, keep focus and uh, find out where you went wrong and look back and try to learn. We learn every day in this business. Uh, I'll give you one Vanderbilt. I, I thought they'd get over three and a half wins, man. And um, I, I just thought this was finally the year they would actually step up here and, and do something. I, I thought A.J. Swan being a senior would be able to lead this team. And they had a lot of people returning as well. And, uh, you know, the loss against uh, Missouri was bad. I thought they would might sneak one of those at home, either Kentucky or Missouri. But what really did me in was the at UNLV loss. I thought, you know, if they can get UNLV, then maybe they get a chance of getting someone later, like an Auburn or something. But now I'm kind of dead in the hole. Georgia at Ole Miss, Auburn at home, at South Carolina, and at Tennessee. There's no chance they're going over three and a half now. So I am bummed on that one. Another one that I was wrong about, and I guess this, I bet them to make the playoffs. It was Clemson, Kyle. Um, Dabo Sweeney, I just thought, you know, when people were down on him, it's time to kind of look back at him and, it, it's kind of he's falling just flat on his face, not adjusting to the the recruiting and the way that you have to pay players with NIL and the transfer portal and things like that. And it, it's really showing here that first loss against Duke. I knew I was toast. And then the ugly loss against Florida State where he just kind of gave up the game. You just wonder how this team's going to keep going throughout the regular season. So that's another one I was definitely wrong in. Um there's still another ones. There's still a few other ones that are pending. I had LSU over nine and a half. So that one, if they don't beat Alabama, I lost that one as well. So I'll give you three of them uh, that I was uh, that I was wrong about. But hey, we also got to talk about what we were right about, Kyle. So why don't you give me a couple that you were right about so far, at least? I know we don't want to jinx anything, my friend. Oh yeah, we're always got to be a little bit superstitious. I mean, if you're a sports better, you have to at least be a little bit superstitious. Yeah, um, Minnesota. Under seven and a half season wins for me. Um, I knew they were down a lot defensively. Rossi's a good defensive coordinator, but Minnesota is not nearly as good as they've been the last few years. Um, the offense isn't great. The defense can no longer just completely carry the day. Uh, we've seen now enough evidence that Minnesota is, is not a good team. I mean, how did they blow that game against Northwestern? And then, you know, Michigan is Michigan, obviously, but they gave them a good thumping there at Minnesota. Uh, not a good team. San Jose State. Uh, not a team that I necessarily was wanting to bet on or against, but a team that I had as a team I wanted to bet overs with mm -hmm. this year uh, because that San Jose State defensive line is much weaker than it's been. They had some guys that got to the NFL from that defensive line. Mm -hmm. uh, no longer could they just dominate on the defensive front. Chevin Cordero is still a pretty good quarterback. The offense is not bad. The defense no longer even close to as good as they were. So have hit a couple overs on San Jose State. I think you might have done that too as well, Kiev. So um, that I wish I had taken more of them because they've had a lot of overs <laughs> so far this year. But yeah. I've hit a couple of those. And then the final one I'll say is Texas State uh, with uh, Kenny taking over down there, the new head coach. I knew they'd play a lot faster 
uh, be an explosive offense. So uh, taking overs with them has also been profitable. Oh, nice. I'm glad that you jumped on that. There are some teams that have been playing faster have not been coming through in the over, too. So you just get some of those teams. Or you can say South Florida, Old Dominion. You know, a couple of those have been kind of burning me up a little bit. But uh, at, at least we got a lot of the pacing ones correct. Uh, your your usual suspects, like, you know, your Air Forces and, and things like that. Your Iowas are always dead under teams. So people have been cashing those. So that's always good. Um a couple I've been right about so far, Michigan State's under. Um, now, I know they have two wins against Central Michigan and Richmond, but <laughs> not looking too good because they still haven't even played Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan yet. And if you look at it, they have to go to Indiana and to Minnesota, which isn't exactly easy. Minnesota's not great, but I don't expect them to beat Minnesota or Rutgers. And I think Rutgers is better than what we expected kind of coming in, too. So I think they're toast. So I was really happy to bet that season win total under in that thing. So far, looking good. Uh, don't want to jinx it, of course. Uh, another one that I was probably... Here, here's one that like I was worried about, and I still sh- maybe should be worried about, but it's looking a little bit better after last week is Oklahoma State. I went over 6.5 for plus money. I know there's a lot of people going under on that, but they have a few wins now, and you see with teams like TCU and what's going on with them, I mean, they're 3-2, and two, Oklahoma State, but they can beat, uh, well, actually, they don't even play TCU, but they possibly could get Kansas this week. It's a short spread. They got Cincinnati at home. Uh, UCF is a little shaky. Houston's a much worse team than we thought, and they got BYU at the end, you know, so I could definitely see four wins coming in their future to get me over that for plus money, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with that one, but uh, I'm kind of hoping that it comes through, so we'll see. We'll see on that one, my man. So a um, couple other ones still pending out there as well. I I do have Georgia Tech's under, but, man, I don't know how the heck they beat Miami last week. Oh, Mario Cristobal. <laughs> do what we, are we doing? I, I think I pounded on him enough this week, but, man, it's just I just had to bring it up one more time because I, I can't fathom having 20 against the six in blackjack and, and hitting to try to get 21. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he and this is the second time he's done it, Kiev. Like, how do you not learn from the first time when he was at Oregon and didn't take a knee and lost the game? To me, that that's the 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 biggest issue is like if you have this happen once, there's no way you can let it happen again. And somehow he did. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still uh I'm still hopeful for Georgia State to win the East at plus twelve hundred of the Sun Belt. They don't even have to win the Sun Belt, just the East. I know it's gonna be between them and maybe Georgia Southern now. So um, kind of cross my fingers on that future, but there's a few out there that uh, I'm still hoping to hit here. But good stuff, man. Let's move on to the next question here. And I'm curious your thoughts on totals this year. Now, we talked about it preseason, and I could go pull up the numbers, but how, how has it affected so far with the rule change now that we're six, seven weeks in of the clock not stopping on first down? Yeah, this has been a really fascinating thing to keep a tab on because before the season, you and I talked, Kiev, about how you could see everybody on your you know, Twitter or X timeline or any kind of social media saying, well, unders are going to be free. Here comes the unders. You know, yeah. As soon as everybody thinks that, it's usually not a great idea. And you know, you think the odds makers didn't know this was coming. The odds makers are great at their job. They make uh, really good adjustments. Let's look at what they are so far this season. 218 overs. 208 unders, yeah. so 51.2% overs. You have the overs done pretty well the last few weeks here. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of been the adjustment has been made, and we've even had some weather unders that kind of kept the games under the total in some of the others, and yet the over has done pretty well. Uh, weather will be more of an issue going forward this weekend, and you know as we get to late October and November, you know there's going to be plenty of those weather games. But, you know, uh, the non-overtime games this year, 206 and 205 to the over. It's... Yeah, 12 and 3 when you add the overtime games in. Obviously, overtime is quite the killer when you have the under, and I already lost that. I remember the Akron-Indiana game where it was on bad beats. That was a big under for me. Oh, man, those are tough. You you can't you don't forget about those very easily. But, I, you're, you know, I think that things have leveled out pretty well. You know, this is a spot where, um, you know, right now I think that, you know, we're back to what we can kind of were in the past you know i don't see any huge edge for just betting blindly and under or betting blindly and over what i do think is that you need to keep in mind 
how much a team runs. Uh, you know, you get a team like an Air Force that's running 94% of the time. Uh, if they keep running at that kind of rate, that clock is really going to tick with no first down uh, stoppages. We've seen some pretty big differences in some of these uh, teams' time of game, length of game. Now, I don't want to get on a tangent, Kiev, so I won't say too much, but there are a lot of net of uh, TV ads that have been added in that really make it to where we're not getting too much quicker games. And I'll just say, that's the real reason why they did it, buddy. That's <laughs> right. Right. And if and personally, if you want to say, what would I want? I don't want less football. Why would I want less football? So, you know, I don't love the rule change. I understand why it was made, but really, you know, we get a lot more advertisements. Having said that, I think a team that runs consistently, uh, you're going to see some of those really quick games. I think that will affect the totals more than one of the the high octane fast paced uh, teams that are throwing it around a lot. So keep that in mind. I don't have any you know hard data to say these teams that run at this percentage have gone under at this. But you know intuitively it makes sense that I think that will continue to be the case a bit more. But adjustments are made. Uh, you know I, I think it's been uh, it's a case of the market is efficient. You know everybody knows uh, that these rules are coming out. I think the under did do pretty well in the first uh, week or two. And we saw the first half under do better than the full game under right. for a good while. And now it's kind of leveled off. They're about the same. Absolutely. And I think I had an epiphany a few weeks ago. I'm like, why are these replays still taking so long? You can get an eye in the sky guy. And they're like, oh, duh. These replays are purposely long so they can have, fit more commercials in and stop the timehouse, right. and that's what right. they've been doing as well. And that's just an absolute f you to the fans, pretty much yeah. of the sports. Like you do not need the same guy to look at his play a hundred times, <laughs> but you're seriously trying to make this about ad revenue. Come on, guys. There's a lot of issues to figure out, and I don't want to go down that road too much either, even though I do go down that road too much. But either way, I think that the top totals, though, like if you look at Oregon uh, versus Washington, and we're going to discuss that game, it's 67, 67 and a half. I think last year that would have been 72, 73 in this situation. Um, I know it might be a little bit of rain, but you know I, I'm noticing the, the larger totals are a little bit lower than like the 40s or the 50s totals. I think I think they they went down maybe two points or so due to this, but it's it's just as you go up higher because of the clock stoppage, it's actually affecting it more. Kyle, is that fair? It is, and actually, those really high totals have gone under more than they've gone over so far this year too. I don't have the rate exactly in front of me. I think it might be something like you know totals of 65 or higher have gone you know 60 percent to the under so far this year. Uh, that does make some sense in general too because. Uh, it's hard to get off as many plays as you had last year, um, even if you're trying to play quickly. It's gonna you're gonna need everything to go right if you want something to get to 75 or 80 points or something. So the days of seeing the the totals that were upper 70s probably over at this point. For sure, my friend. Well, let's get into some games then and uh, see if we can find something for our listeners this weekend. We have Wyoming versus Air Force. Air Force laying about 10.5 points at home. The total is 42.5. So, Kyle, the last time I almost bet Air Force, I forgot to, uh, they're at home laying 10.5, and, and they ended up covering the spread quite easily. <laughs> I have to. It was just a game or so ago. Um, I actually missed a couple good bets last week uh, traveling back from Disneyland. 400-mile uh, drive, it's not so easy to bet when uh, you're in that situation. But either way, uh, you know, here they are laying double digits against a Wyoming team that also has a pretty good defense. What you, This is one you picked. What do you have for us in this? Yeah, I mean, I will say when you go to Disney, things weird things happen. You know, you get kind of off the rest of your schedule, that's for sure. Um, so, and now you're back, and here we are back to college football fully. Uh, I think in this one, it's two really good coaches, Kiev. I think both these guys are top, you know, 15 or 20 coaches in the country that get the best out of their talent. Craig Bowl has done an excellent job with Wyoming, despite the fact that if you look at team talent rankings, Wyoming's like bottom 10 in the country, and yet they still are able to maximize talent very well. Uh, Calhoun's a really good coach. They know what they do well. They consistently do it. I just referenced the Air Force there a minute ago as one of those teams that those games are going to go really quickly. I think the Air Force games uh, that are televised are going to be the ones that, you know, they get over. Uh, we always see somebody, you know, block off like three hours for the TV, and then they usually go over. I don't think Air Force games are going to go over that very often because they're going to be uh, clicking that time off pretty quickly. Air Force had a bye week to get ready for this one, Kiev. Uh, Wyoming pulled the outright upset over them last year. 
1714 as a 17 and a half point underdog. Air Force's quarterback had been injured. He came back for that game, was kind of playing uh, only somewhat, you know, 60% or something like that. And that definitely hurt them quite a bit. Um, This is an Air Force team, like I said, is running at uh, 94% of the time. Wyoming is 74th in yards per carry allowed at 4.14. Not great. I do think Craig Bowles' teams defend the triple option well consistently. I think this will be a lower scoring game. Kiev, I think my favorite thing in this one is a Wyoming team total under. I don't think Wyoming's going to score very many points. Wyoming uh, running back is injured, uh, Wagley, and he's definitely a good player for them. Andrew Peasley, the quarterback, I don't trust him. He had one really good quarter against Fresno State last week, but he's been very inconsistent. Uh, He is four for 22 on passes of 20 yards or more. Now, I know 20 yards or more passes, you're going to have a low uh, completion percentage, but four for 22 is still pretty drastic. I don't think they uh, can have the ability to stretch the field that will bother the Air Force defense. So I like Air Force to win. The, the problem with covering this number is if you think it's going to be a low scoring game, you're asking them to win by 11 with the total dropping pretty quickly here. Um, I, I think I like Wyoming team total under the best and uh, a spot where I don't see them scoring many points. Which is going to be what twelve points or so? Um, if you think forty, it's at forty-two. So it maybe be maybe be uh, thirty. No, sorry, twenty-four to be. fifteen or something. That'd be thirty-nine. Um, yeah, it would be about like sixteen and seventeen points. I would think, right? I think about sixteen. Yeah, sixteen would okay. be about the total here. Uh, team totals they usually come out Thursday or Friday, so right. not consistently across the board ready yet, but. As long as it's above 14, I, I would like a team total under here for Wyoming. It will be above uh, 14. I think that'll be the type of bet you want to bet early rather than late because I think there will be other people that want to bet that as well. Well, great call on that because this game was 17-14 to 14 last year with Wyoming winning, and this is a revenge spot for Air Force, but Wyoming's also coming off that big win, kind of a letdown-ish spot. You know, you beat Fresno State as a home dog. It's, you know, a spot where you kind of breathe and then you go and – have to face a freaking triple option team. That is not fun. A letdown spot, ugh, it's getting beat up like that in, in, in the trenches. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like they're going to score a lot of points. I would be afraid that they get desperate, I guess, a little bit, and that maybe Air Force does put one on them. But, man, Wyoming's defense has been good. I, I kind of like in the under 42 and a half, too. I'm not going to lie. I I, 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 don't, I don't think that either team's going to get a lot. And, uh I do respect Craig Bull against triple option. Just like you said, you kind of nailed it, man. That's just, I, I, I agree with everything you said there. And uh, uh, under city for me, some unders are just, even though they look really low, they're not nearly low enough. We can go to our college basketball days to you know talk a little bit about that with like UAB yeah. and some of those slow playing uh, college basketball teams, you know? So that's interesting. Well, cool. Let's move on to the next game. And I picked this one. Uh, We'll get you going with my Badgers here, and they're facing uh, <laughs> Iowa. And I would argue that maybe this is their second-best rivalry under Minnesota. I, I think Minnesota is the rival by default, but these two teams hate each other as well. But the Badgers are laying 10 points with a total of 36, Kyle. That is – what the heck is that? That's almost – it was 17-3 to or something, 17-7. Is that what you're saying? Uh, those are like all within the realms of possibility here. Now, here's my problem with Iowa, and they're so hard to bet sometimes. They can lose to anybody, literally anybody. I mean, it could be New Mexico State and just have a bad couple screw-ups on defense, and they just have no offense. But at the same time, they can beat very good teams because how many times has Iowa won a game, Kyle, while being outgained on offense, you know? How many times? Probably more often, probably more of their wins the last two or three years, they've been outgained in, which is just mind boggling. But they do it with field position. They have the best punter in college football. He loves to just nail it and just sand wedge that thing in the two yard line. That's going to happen. And then he forces people into bad situations because that defense just sucks them up and uh, causes interceptions. They get a lot of field goals. But Iowa's offense is also horrible themselves, ranking 132nd in success rate, like clearly second to last in success rate, Iowa. What the heck, man? That is a, that's just a bad stat. And I don't think Deacon Hill is that good of a quarterback after they lost their starter this year, right? Um, he's like two touchdowns and two interceptions, I believe, or something 
something pretty low. I, I'd, I'd have to relook at it. But Deacon Hill is not as good as McNamara. But here's the problem with Wisconsin. They, if you could tell me, Kyle, that there's turnover margin is going to be equal in this, Wisconsin wins 10 to 14 points. You know, if you can tell me that, I don't believe that's going to happen because Tanner Mac, uh, Mordecai, he's tend to throw some picks and get baited in a situation. That's what Iowa's defense is. Three TDs, three interceptions so far. I can't trust them. Uh, if if uh, Fickle's smart, he plays the field position game against them. It's almost like you almost want to punt at the 50. It's like, you know, I actually want to punt. I'm going to punt on first down just to pin you down there so I can get a couple field goals. It's a a crazy way to look at it. But I think that's really the sauce to beating such a good defensive team like Iowa. Now, Wisconsin's defense is okay, Kyle, but it's not as good as it was in past years. They give up over five yards per play, and they played some weaker competition. So that worries me. Your Buffalo, Georgia Southern. Jersey is actually pretty good, but you know they played some weaker competition. Like I said, this is not bettable for me because I can't. I don't know what the turnover margin is going to be. You know, if I knew it, I would, I'd play it. But my number is eight for, via power rating wise. I have Wisconsin by eight, so I'm going to lean to Iowa. What are your thoughts, Kev? I saw the the line movement here just in the last few minutes. That the total is getting bet down from the 36. I see some 34 and a half showing up. I mean, 34 and a half. This is like an academy total. Like they're igno- academy they're ignoring game. Air Force and in betting this under. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, who wants to bet the over? I mean, I'm not rushing to bet oh. the over. I'll tell you that. Uh, Iowa finds ways to win games, like you said. Special teams, you know, they they're going to force defensive uh, plays where they score on defense. They're going to return punts for a touchdown, block a punt. You never know how they're going to win a game. They find a way to do it. But remember in the preseason, Kiev, when Iowa was going to have this new offense and Brian Ferentz, like they've had this, here we go. You know, this is going to be completely different. (laughs) It turns out it's all the same. You know, there's been no change at all. It's uh, still the same old Iowa offense, 132nd success rate, same old, same old. And yet the Iowa defense, even though they lost quite a bit, Still really, really good. You know, every single year they do the same thing. They're seventh in yards per play allowed. They have given up only nine plays of 20 yards or more. That's insane to me, Kiev. Like, they do not give up big plays at all. You're not busting explosive plays on them. If you Let's put it in perspective. They've given up nine plays of 20 yards or more. In the same amount of games, USC has given up 38. Now, that says a lot about both of those teams, honestly. <laughs> it does. But- uh, you know, this is an Iowa defense that you're not going to get big plays against. I think Fickle's going to do a good job at Wisconsin. Um, I think I would say so far the, the problem for Wisconsin, the passing game hasn't really worked near as well as expected. Mordecai has really not been a tremendous fit, at least thus far. Like you said, he's had some bad turnovers. They're 101st in QBR on offense. Um, he's not been bad necessarily, but he's not been good enough. Also, they have a lot of drops, uh, six drops from their wide receivers in the last two games. Right. I think you could argue that w- wide receiver or pass catcher is probably the weakest spot mm-hmm. for Wisconsin. Uh, this is a Wisconsin team that is not a team I'm anxious to lay points against with a or with against a really good defense. Uh, I mean, red zone regression for the defenses, possibly. Wisconsin has only allowed opponents to score on 10 out of 16 trips into the red zone. So a lot of stops on fourth down or turnovers forced. I was only allowed a TD on seven out of 16 trips into the red zone. That would make you think there's going to be a little bit more scoring, but I don't want to bet on there being more scoring in an Iowa game. Kiev. I can't do it. My lean here is Iowa plus the points. Uh, Deacon Hill, kind of a interesting uh, quarterback in that he's a big dude. You know, this is a, this is a big guy that uh, looks a little bit different playing quarterback probably not that big of a step down from McNamara because he hadn't been very good. That's true. Uh, I just think that, you know, this is a, this is a, one of those ugly games that I know you'll be watching It's your Wisconsin team, but I'll, I'll say that I think I'll just check the score afterwards. On this <laughs> yeah. I think I'll, I think I'll have the TVs on some other games. <laughs> oh, the pain, the pain. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, that's not like McNamara was lighting up four TDs, three interceptions, 51% completion percent, but Deacon Hills at 375 <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's yeah. 56 attempts. I mean, McNamara's only had 90 himself, so it's not like it, that, 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 it's, it's looking pretty bad between the both of them. But yeah, um, I don't advise anybody to watch this game because uh, you have way better games this weekend. And uh, but I will say, I just hope my Badgers win a stinker and uh, you know keep those hopes coming for uh, a Big Ten at least championship showing against one of the big dogs out there. So that's gonna be fun. 
Let's move on to another game, Missouri versus Kentucky. Kentucky's laying two and a half, total 52 and a half. Kyle, you picked this one. Let's see what you got. All right, so uh, Missouri backers last week, Kiev, what a terrible loss there with that uh, Brady Cook turnover. Um, I hope you didn't have that one, did you? No, thank God I didn't. Um, I would have had that one because it was on my maybe list. And so Upstate was on my maybe list last night too, so I'm glad I didn't take that. I did take a hit on Jacksonville a little bit, but man, that was just the one. Just there's some bad beats last week, and Missouri was one of the tops. Absolutely. I mean, Missouri was winning most of that game. It was uh, Missouri was the right side in that for sure. I think this is an interesting situational spot for the two teams because Missouri blows a lead in a game that was one of the biggest games they played in a long time. You know, they get LSU to come in there. Uh, LSU, every game's a shootout. We know that, you know, that it's going to be 50 to 40 or something. You know, it's going to be hard for the odds makers to set totals high enough for LSU games going forward because, you know, that that defense has just been not nearly good enough. Jaden Daniels still very good. Kentucky gets absolutely drubbed by Georgia. I knew that Georgia was going to have one of these games at some point. I didn't know when it was going to come. Uh, there it was last week, you know, just like 600 and some yards to like 180. I mean, just complete domination. Um, I think Missouri has outperformed all expectations so far this year. Brady Cook has played better than expected. Missouri's wide receivers are excellent. Burden's a amazing your problem he's going to be a very good nfl player i think uh missouri defensively they don't look great uh kentucky's defense is above average i think they kind of have a chip on their shoulder uh, based on the way that they gave up so much last week kiev the reason i like this one some though is missouri's recent games have been skewed by who they play against as far as how how high the totals have finished lsu like i said everybody plays a shootout against them Vandy, no defense. I believe Vandy's seven and zero to the over so yeah, far this year, just because like they give up mm-hmm. so many points. Um, and you got Memphis, a really fast-paced team. So here, Missouri goes and plays a team in Kentucky that plays completely differently. They don't play fast. They they want the lower uh, lower tempo game, lower scoring game. A little rain and wind in the forecast here for this one too. Eighteen miles per hour wind, yeah. gusts to twenty eight uh, as this one's kicking off. So. I'm going to take the under here with uh, Kentucky and Missouri as my favorite play here. Look at that. The under 51 and a half ish right now. Right. Um, Let's see if that's changed here. And uh, yep. 51 and a half. All right. I I get it. I get it. Kentucky's not going to want to get in a shootout with this team and 51 is a key number. So that's, that's what you want is that hook right there. If you're looking to bet this under with Kyle Um, quietly, Missouri, I kind of have them, might be as maybe the better team slightly i have so close power rating to be honest with you um i don't have kentucky as a massive home field advantage um i'm at the spread at two and a half but you know if you look at just epa margin missouri's is higher 40th and adjusted epa margin with kentucky's as 51st missouri's had the harder schedule on sagarin 74th to 120th first kentucky and finally kentucky got tested against georgia and i don't know God, was that a test? That was an embarrassment, man. Um, I, I had line value with Kentucky last week at 17 and a half, and then I had closed at 14, 14 and a half, and wasn't even sniffing it in the second half. You know, um, they showed their true selves, and they're a good home team, and they're a bad away team. It's just kind of like the Florida situation that I talked about before on your Twitter spaces. Uh, Missouri choked away that game last week, and uh, it's tough to, that's got to be tough on the kids, but they're still five and one. They still have a good quarterback in Brady Cook, and he's playing some good football right now. I didn't look at it much from a total perspective, but I understand the under. But they do have a lot to play for, and my number's on the number at, at minus 2.5. I think this could be a two-point game or something, a very close game, and, and maybe not one that's a shootout at the end, just kind of one of those run the ball and hope for the clock to drop. So I get that. Um, no play for me, but uh, you, you're on to something maybe there with that under. Let's move on to the next game, Oregon versus Washington. And Washington's minus three, and the total is 67. Now, Kyle, I picked this one, and this is maybe the most exciting game of the weekend um, when it, yeah. if you like offense. Um, so if you don't want to watch Wisconsin versus Iowa, maybe you wait and watch <laughs> Oregon versus Washington. And, um, guys, is this a night game? i got to check that again. Uh it might be. Uh, I, think, I think it's 3.30. Okay. Oh, 12.30. Yeah, it's on exactly when yeah. when Wisconsin's playing Iowa. So uh, if you're on a commercial, do not switch to Wisconsin versus Iowa. Instead, go to uh, Cal, Utah or something. No, that's good. <laughs> uh, 
This, I mean, this is awesome. I've been waiting for this matchup. I actually bet both of these teams to win the Pac-12 at four to one, Kyle apiece. You know, roughly four and a half to one, or maybe one of them uh, before, because I just feel like one of these two teams are going to win. I'm glad it was kind of right about this. It's unfortunate that one's got to go down, but we'll see what happens. I mean, number one and number two in success rates against each other. Uh, 8.81 yards per play for Washington, 8.06 for Oregon, Kyle. That is just fantastic. It's great football. But I had to take the dog here. And I could be wrong because it's freaking Bo Nix on the road here. It's not like something that I, I've lost in, in this situation on Bo before. But that was his Auburn days. And he and he did not deserve to win that Texas Tech. That was the second worst bad beat. Same situation. Pick six. That happened in Missouri this week against any Texas Tech betters. But, I mean, you got to look at the fact that Oregon, they're number one in adjusted EPA margin. Washington is 13th. So Oregon's got the nod there. Both of the strengths of schedules, Washington ranks higher, but I disagree. Washington played Arizona their first day without Jaden Delora. There's their first time with Fika, their new quarterback. I just think that, you know, it's hard to say that Oregon's strength of schedule is worse when, I mean, they played a hot Colorado team and just destroyed them. They had to go to Texas Tech. I mean, Washington went to Michigan State. I don't understand why Sagarin has them all off. I don't always agree with Sagarin in his strength of schedules. And this one, I, I don't. But this game could be one on the defensive side of the ball, and that's where I think Oregon has more talent. I mean, as if you look at the recruiting rankings, Oregon's like average 10th. The last three years or so, and Washington is 47th. Oregon's got more talent, and they have the higher-ranked defense. Now, when you look at this, if you go to the strength schedules, you got the higher defense, you're going to grab three points in this situation. And unfortunately, you know, you have to rely on Bo Nix, and uh, you know, Oregon's didn't show great on the road yet, but I just don't think that Washington's been truly tested yet either. I will say that I wrote this total down at 72 myself. And that's where I thought the market would be. I mean, this would have been one back in the day. I would have bet in the over. I don't know if I'm I'm a little scared to with the clock and everything, but I'm going to still lean to the over on this. I, I still think this can be the most exciting game around. And I still think that this could be a fourth quarter, even if you're looking a little down, that you get two touchdowns apiece and a field goal or so per team to try to make this. And if, God forbid if it goes overtime, you're you're in a good situation if if that happens as well. Of course, we never bet for that, but I'm going to lean to the over, and I'm going to take Oregon plus three for two stars. I think this is a tough game to to handicap because uh, I mean Oregon. I understand where you're coming from with strength of schedule. They have played three games against Portland State, Hawaii, and Stanford. So I mean they've they've gotten to run up the margins in those games. So I guess that would be the argument for Oregon's strength of schedule being pretty low. Uh, you know, Oregon will be the best defense that, that Washington's faced so far this year, though. Uh, this was a shootout last year, over 1,100 yards uh, in the contest last year. Washington won at Oregon 37-34. Pennix threw for 408 yards. I think Oregon's defense is better than last year, especially in the secondary. I will say, still say, though, that Kalen DeBoer with Michael Penix is scary on offense. I mean, they have a fantastic offense. I think DeBoer is one of the best coaches in the country for as well. Sure. I don't think I don't think I can bet at Kiev as far as the dog here. We're going to find out whether Bo Nix's uh, road game is still a thing or not. This is like the perfect uh, spot to see if it still is. I will say a cautionary thing about laying points with Washington. Washington has gotten a ton of penalties this year. It hasn't really mattered in the games they've been in because they've been so far ahead, but 94.2 penalty yards per game. That's mm -hmm. dead last in the country. Uh, that could matter in a game that has a tight spread and you're playing another really quality opponent. I don't want to bet the side here. Oregon's 5-0 and against spread so far this year. Average ATS margin of plus 12. So uh, they've been very good. I don't want to go against either of these teams, honestly. So my, my lean is the over. I will say some rain in this forecast. Now it rains obviously in Washington a lot, um, not much wind and just rain by itself. Isn't necessarily a big negative for points because you know, it's tough for the defense as well to get their footing. So uh, I'm going to lean to the over, but like you said, it's, I'm a bit hesitant to take a really high over, you know, both have come off the buys as well. And um, yeah, it's uh, if you look at the bottom half of the schedule, I do agree. Oregon's was easier, but you know, Tulsa and Cal, 
I couldn't believe that Cal scored that many points against Washington as well. It's, uh, you know, look at the injury report. Washington is a little bit banged up. Um, I mean, they got some guys that should make it, but they're a little bit banged up on defense here. And Oregon themselves, uh, their their kicker they lost, and uh, yeah, they lost a they lost a winning Winnington too. They're running back uh, back a couple weeks ago, but they should be able to fill in nicely there with the recruiting. Yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I can't wait to watch it, but I'm I'm leaning to the over as well. So I'm going to consider that a little bit more. I I know that you said the higher totals that went down, and that is concerning as well. I think you got to check the weather. And the weather has just been so important uh, for some of these high totals as well. And this week itself, in the NFL as well, the weather is factoring in a lot of games. USC, Notre Dame will be talking about the weather. There's just a lot of weather coming in. And uh, I would be cautionary to pet on the passing team when there's a lot of wind, um, even a little bit of rain. So keep that in mind. 26 miles per hour winds for Iowa versus Wisconsin as well. So it looks like uh, that's why that under has been a little hit. It's like a, a big running game between Iowa versus Wisconsin. Who's going to win out on that? So it's a field position game. That certainly makes me lean the dog as well uh, on Iowa, which is very scary. Um, let's move on to the next game. We have USC versus Notre Dame. And you picked this, Kyle. I bet this, though, too. I'm, I'm all over this game. I love this game. I, I'm, I'm going to expect that we, we align on a few things. I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you, what you took in this one. I, I thought this was a game that we had to talk about regardless because it, it matters so much. I mean, USC... Uh, while they haven't played as well as people expected, you know, everything's still in front of them as far as their uh, expectations and where they want to be at the end of the season. USC was so fortunate to beat Arizona last week. I mean, you watched almost entirely that that whole game, and Arizona was so good offensively. Arizona had a 56% standard down success rate in that game. That's off the chart high. Really, really good. USC defense, how are they still this bad, Kiev? I, I don't understand. They keep getting better talent. They get transfers to come in. Everybody always says, well, this is the year here. They're going to get better. And they just aren't getting better. Alex Grinch not getting the job done there with that team. USC is 99th in strength of schedule so far this year. Multiple close calls against inferior opponents talent-wise. Now they go into South Bend, play a Notre Dame team who, I want to know, Kiev, who set up this schedule for Notre Dame? I mean, this is just absolutely brutal. You go and play in week zero. You play every single week. You play road games uh, against Duke. You play at Louisville. You had the Ohio State game that was obviously a massive game. Now, I mean, no break, no bye week to this point. Now they play in this one. uh, You know, Notre Dame has been put in a bad spot by their scheduling here for sure this year. I think Notre Dame's better in the trenches than is uh, USC. The rain and gusts are pretty important in a game like this. Kiev uh, pretty consistently seeing over 25 miles per hour gusts for this game. Uh, goodness, I mean, who really wants to bet a USC under Kiev? This is a, this is so uncomfortable. Uh, that would be my lean, though. If I had to bet something, this number has gone down some. Uh, I would have to hold my nose if I bet that one. As far as the side, um, USC is 87th in rushing play success rate allowed. Notre Dame probably runs the, the football a lot in a game like this. I think Estime will have success. I'm not sure if there's still two and a halfs available, Kiev. I know there were two and a halfs yesterday. I've seen quite a few threes. I like Notre Dame some if you can get a two and a half. Uh, three, I think, is a fair number here. You know, I I did bet this game, and I'm looking back to see if I took the money line. I think I did. Uh, let's see here. This is NFL. Yeah, I think I took the money line at minus one twenty eight on this, just to be okay. safe, you know. And so, but I, I still like it at minus two and a half, and I'll, uh, I'd give that out as a free play at minus two and a half. It's you know kind of siding. I just got a good number, you know. Um, it's minus one forty eight in a lot of books now, you know. Uh, from a fan perspective, I'm bummed for Notre Dame. Uh, they just had that really rough schedule, like they said, and their athletic director might be getting replaced because of this. I mean, this, what a way to ruin a good team, put him in. And who knew Jeff Brown would be this good too? For I mean, we knew he was good, but I didn't think the first year he would do this. This is ridiculous. So that Louisville did have a great defense last year too, so we kind of went to the perfect situation. A team already with a great defense that just needs a little help on offense, bring in Jack Plummer, and wow, that Louisville team's a contender now. 
Um, USC's defense, like you said, is horrible. They've given away, they've given up over a hundred points their last three games versus ASU, an injured Colorado team in Arizona, man. And that is just bad. They're lucky to get out of Tucson last week. Um, two matchups that I liked for Notre Dame, even though Kayla Williams is a top pick is that they have a secondary that can stop Caleb Williams and slow it down. Guys like Xavier Watts, Ben Morrison, and Cam Hart. You know, they have guys that will be playing on Sundays. And the Irish rank number ninth in passing success rate and fourth in opponent QBR. And their schedule says enough that they've played some very good opponents for me to really trust those numbers, Kyle. I love the rushing matchup. USC cannot stop the run. 69th in opponent rush EPA. Like you said, something like 80-something in success rate. USC might be able to run the ball at five or so yards per rush. It's in the fives. But they haven't even played a top 50 team. Yeah, not yet. I mean, that it's like they haven't even played a top 50 team. What do those numbers look like when they finally start playing good competition? They haven't. That's concerning to me. Notre Dame's strength of schedule, much better than UFC's. And they should be able to move the ball on the ground. They average over five yards per rush against the top uh, you know, teams in the nation. Even NC State's a little bit of a hard team to play. You know, They went to NC State, to Louisville. They played Ohio State, you know. Uh, Duke, very good Mike Elko Duke team. They're going to run all over them. And they're going to control the clock in this game. I like Notre Dame minus two and a half, Kyle, for two stars. Yeah, I can't disagree. Uh, I think also if that weather does come the way it's been looking all week, that has to help Notre Dame. I mean, because they're the team that wants to run the football consistently. For sure. Uh, USC USC can't stop the run nearly as well as Notre Dame. So I, I think uh, if that weather comes to fruition, that's another bonus there. It certainly is, my friend. Well, let's move go to a little hodgepodge before we have to go. I, I, I swear to God I didn't set this up, Kyle, but I noticed that Purdue's playing a particular team this week. Um, oh, my and, gosh. And uh, <laughs> there, <laughs> there might have been something that you know about Purdue versus Ohio State, but um, any prediction in this, baby? Kiev, uh, you have too good of a memory about this. Uh, I knew I'd remember it, but I didn't know if you'd bring it up again. This has been several years now. I swear to God, um, I didn't I, ask you because of that. It, I, it just happens to – maybe it was so subconscious. I, I didn't know, but I, I gave you a little crap for it, and uh, it was only because I wish I was Ohio State. I'm the Badgers. I don't win anything. But uh, just know that those are the intentions. Well, I, I will say this, Kiev. Um, Ohio – State's offensive line has not been very good. And I, I went to the game last week when they played Maryland. So, hey, they don't lose every game I go to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they did lose uh, when we went to the game at Purdue. Uh, that was not the great anniversary trip for me and my wife. But uh, no. the uh, the fact that they're going to Purdue again, look, Kiev, they've had trouble at Purdue for many years. That wasn't the only time. You know, Purdue is – uh, Purdue has knocked off a lot of top teams uh, at home. They, they're the king of the upsets against those top five teams. Uh, would it totally stun me if they did it again? It wouldn't completely stun me. I'm not going to pick it or anything. But I think Ohio State's probably not as good as a lot of people have them rated at this point. This is obviously coming from a Buckeyes fan. I think uh, the Buckeyes offensive line is not getting enough push uh, against Maryland. Maryland was stuffing them pretty consistently. Kyle McCord's a big step down, obviously, from C.J. Stroud. Uh, Harrison's great. Stover's a good tight end. Uh, Ibuka's been hurt, too, the wide receiver. Uh, that's a pretty big deal because he's one of the best number two receivers you'd ever get. Uh, so I think in this one, Kiev, I would lean plus the points of Purdue. I also would lean the under. I don't know exactly. I think it's down to 49 or so. Uh, but Ohio State's a better under team than they've been in past years. They're not playing very fast. Their defense is better, not giving up big plays. So that, that would be my lean there is Purdue or under. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Purdue doesn't have the greatest defense. They just lost their best tight end to injury. They're kind of tricky against Wisconsin. Wisconsin went there for a night game. And Wisconsin was fortunate in some situations, I thought. Um, Purdue should have scored more than they did. I was all over Purdue against Illinois, and that worked out really well. I avoided them last week. 
this just feels like another screw up situation like Loxley did when going for it on fourth down 10 with eight minutes left on the 17 yard line. You know, that, that killed my Maryland plus 19 and a half by a half point. And uh, it, it just feels, it, it feels like that could happen again. Um, it, this also feels like it could be a massive flat spotter for Ohio state. Cause they have Penn state on deck. You know, it's like almost like a sleepwalking situation while Purdue's going to be you know, ready to, make that happen again for them or try to it's i mean i lean purdue for sure plus the points i just don't know if i have the gumption to take it again um i'm actually lower than ohio state than the market is by a little bit for my power ratings it's not by a lot but you know it's it's by enough to uh you know be a little bit concerned about uh, you know back in ohio state i i think i have this game uh 16 and a half and so yeah it's if you look at 17 as a real key number then you're looking towards Purdue at the 19, but it's like I said, it's uh, it wouldn't shock me if Ohio State blows them away. It's they know they could have played better against Maryland and Purdue's brand new coach. They they, they have some issues themselves. Purdue's given up more points than they're scoring too. Um, you know, at home against Syracuse, Syracuse even a team like that whipped them up pretty good as well. Uh, Florida Fresno State beat them. This could just be one. I'm really thinking how stupid I am if I back Purdue, so I'm not going to do it. But um, I would lean them, even though in that situation. Let's look at the Betfred odds screen and see what else is out there. Uh, Georgia Southern versus James Madison looks like a great game, Kyle. Uh, yeah, good game. That's coming up Saturday, and uh, it's a morning game. It looks like it's in minus six. James Madison is minus six. The total is uh, fifty-eight and a half. You know, you know this this number tells me that Georgia Southern should be taken seriously. Uh, James Madison definitely, I would say, the best uh, program in the. Sun Belt right now, but George Southern is better than people think, and this could be upset city if James Madison can't stop the pass. Uh, I didn't look into this super deep yet. I'm going to dive deeper a little bit today, tonight. Uh, anything? Any thoughts on this? Have you covered it anywhere else? Um, yeah, I haven't bet this game, and I don't know if I will, but I, I would take the points here with Georgia Southern if I had to bet a side. I think um, Georgia Southern has been consistently good enough. The only thing that's really stopped them this year has been turnovers on offense. If Davis Brent isn't throwing the ball to the other team, I think if Georgia Southern's going to stay in every game. Uh, Georgia Southern's defense is quite a bit better than it was last year when they were just giving up a ton of points, trying to always win shootouts. James Madison, uh, run-heavy team. Uh, this is a fairly high total for James Madison. It's that way, obviously, because Georgia Southern plays so quickly. But Kiev, I think six points is quite a bit. You know, I think this is a game that comes down to one of the last possessions. And if you're uh, telling me this can be a back and forth game, I would have to lean toward taking the points. For sure. Uh, James Madison, you have to remember, they went to Utah State and gave up 38 points. You know, and Utah State's not that great of a team. As a matter of fact, Utah State probably should have won that game. But it was mostly through the air. They gave up a bunch to Virginia, and that's what the kind of team Georgia Southern is, is a, you know, air raid team. They passed the ball 246 times to rushing 138. So even though that James Madison's so good against the run, if they're not stopping the pass, man, they're going to be in trouble this game. And uh, my number on this game is, unfortunately, 9.5. I, I have... James Madison, because I do give them two points for home field advantage, uh, nine and a half I have it, but I understand why it's six. Um, probably not not sure I'm going to bet it either, but this is one I could be kicking myself being like I was right on the handicap and I'm sitting here not betting it for some reason. Um, they have Marshall on deck. I don't think that matters. I think James Madison is just trying to prove a point. So, so there you go. Why don't we do one more game, Kyle? I know we got to roll soon. Any Anyone you want to pick that? coming on this weekend uh troy and army so under the radar kind of game there kiev uh this i'll give this as, as a free play of sorts here uh kiev I, I like the under in this game i think this is a this was a 10-9 game last year and i don't see any reason why the total should be i know it's low we know the total is low but we talked about you know sometimes these totals are really low for a good reason I think this one's really low for a good reason. Rain expected throughout this game. Some wins. I mean, this is they're calling for like half an inch to an inch of rain while this game's going on. I hope that weather forecast comes to fruition here because that would definitely help. But Army, 75% runs. Uh, this is a Army team that's playing slow as they always do. 131st in pace. Troy, 
And the offense is still not there. The offensive line is very weak. And if you force Troy to run the ball more, I don't trust Troy to, Troy to be able to run the ball on Army here either. So more conservative game plan with that kind of weather, uh, I think even plays better to the under. Uh, with like, like I said, last year, 10 to 9, I'm not expecting that low of a game. But I, I'm going to go under the total here for Troy and Army. Certainly a field position game. Um yeah, I, I don't disagree. This is another like option team that has some weather this time. Uh, and you're looking at two defenses that are very solid, kind of like the Wyoming Air Force game that we discussed before. And uh, points can come at a premium, and the clock goes very fast when you're running 75% of the time. And that's actually high for or low for Army. They used to run more. Yeah. They actually throw the yeah. ball sometimes, but they're not going to throw the ball when there's rain. Um, there's going to be some rain and some wind here. And the, uh, I, I just think that – uh, you're, you're you're spot on looking at the under in this, and you get a little bit more points on this. You get 43.5 here in this situation. Troy, when they face tough defense, they can't move the ball, and they just try to play with their defense, and that's how they win games in many situations. I've seen a lot of Troy games 6 to 10, you know, those types of those types of numbers. So great pick on that one, man. Well, Kyle, we're out of time. Where could our listeners get your great information in place? Yeah, thanks for having me on here, Kiev. Always fun. Uh, huntersportspicks.com is my website. You can go over there to get all my plays. I can sign up for the free picks newsletter over there at huntersportspicks.com. And, uh, you know, there's there's going to be uh, lots of plays going forward for college football. I think I already have six this week, so uh, locked and loaded with quite a few already this week. Uh, lots of totals. If you like totals, uh, it's a, definitely a good place to, to turn. I'm 81 and 43 in my last 124 college football plays. Kiev, I'm up just a little bit so far this year on the college football season. I know I've had some people complaining, like, what is what is going on? Like I've said before, I'm not always going to hit 70% like I did last year. We know that. That's awesome. But, uh, long term. Yeah, long term, the record's been very good. And, uh, you know, there'll be ups and downs. I'm always transparent about that. But, um, yeah, check out the site, huntersportspicks.com. You can follow me on Twitter as well, at Kyle Hunter Picks. Make sure you follow Kyle. Follow him at huntersportspicks.com. Kyle, have a great weekend. I'm sure your Ohio State's going to come through, my man. We'll be, te- we'll be texting, buddy. I have, no wor- I have no worries about Purdue. I'm just, I'm just worried about my Badgers in a windy game against Iowa. That's, that's what I'm worried about. I don't, I don't like this like reverse jinx thing happening here, Kiev. So. <laughs> All right, Purdue's <laughs> going to whip lose. them. <laughs> If they if they lose, I'm blaming you. All right. All right. Yeah. Great to talk to you, Kian. Yeah. Talk soon, buddy. Now it is time for the sharp side of the force. The sharp side of the force is brought to you by this season for the best football and other sports contests in the world. Check out www.thescn.com/ob. Play for thousands of dollars. All right, my friends. Let's get into some sharp college football as of Wednesday at 1 p.m. Sharp money on Alabama, minus 18.5 to minus 20.5, hosting Arkansas, 48% of the tickets and 67% of the money. Sharp money on Temple, plus 8 to plus 7 at North Texas, 42% of the tickets and 92% of the money. Sharp money on Toledo, minus 15.5 to minus 17 at Ball State, 51% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp money on Texas A&M, plus 6 to plus 3.5 at Tennessee, 58% 58% of the tickets and 92% of the money. And sharp money in Colorado State, plus 10 to plus 8. Hosting Boise State, 83% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Sharp totals. Lots of unders this week, and there's a lot more than these five I'm going to give you. But either way, here's are the top five that I picked. Sam Houston versus New Mexico State, under 46.5 to 42. 67% of the tickets and 93% of the money. Sharp money in Iowa State versus Cincinnati, under 49.5 to 45.5. 21% of the tickets and 91% of the money. Big difference there. Miami versus Western Michigan under 53.5 to 45, 67% of the tickets and 82% of the money. Charmaine and Iowa versus Wisconsin under 40.5 to 35, 55% of the tickets and 70% of the money. Charmaine and Louisville versus Pitt under 48.5 to 45, 67% of the tickets and 91% of the money. As a quick recap, I am taking Oregon plus three against Washington, leaning to the over. I am taking uh usc or sorry notre dame minus 2.5 for two stars as well kyle likes the team total under for wyoming under 14 he also gave out army versus troy under 43.5 for his play as well there are going to be more plays on our free play friday 
I have one saved for you that looks juicy. So check it out at our YouTube channel at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time every single Friday for that play. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at The Oddsbreakers or you can email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. Enjoy the rest of the week and go get some winners.